So one is just don't overthink it. And then along with that is a lot of times we overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. Because when you're getting started, literally all you need to do is decide how many hours you want to work, what you're going to charge, and go try to find clients. You don't need a website. You don't need fancy photos. You don't need all the stuff. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see is that there's a lot of information online, which can be great. But those moms sometimes thinking about getting started as a virtual assistant think they need all these things in place. And you don't have to invest a lot of money. You don't have to do all of that. I even have a ton of free resources that I've had people get clients from that because they didn't have money to invest yet for training. And so they just used free information. So I would just say, don't overthink it. Don't make it difficult. Just think, what's my next step? And take that step and then do the next. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama Has Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom, and whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. There are so many opportunities out there for moms specifically to create money without sacrificing family, and many of which I don't think are talked about enough. And today, the one I want to talk about is being a virtual assistant, also known as a VA. I am super excited to help share this more with our community because I think it is a really cool opportunity for women and especially moms. And today, our guest, Sarah Lingfelter, her life changed in 2011. After a little bit of soul searching, she realized she wanted to work from home to spend time with her son and be in control of her future. The world of being a virtual assistant opened up a really cool opportunity for her, and she learned about being online, business, systems, technology. In no time, she was fully booked out with her business, and she's now dedicated to providing work-from-home opportunities through the online education that she offers and so much more so that women can do this for themselves. You'll also find her in her spare time hanging out with her 15-year-old son, having fun in the outdoors, and probably eating some chocolate or tasty food. But this conversation with Sarah is so much fun because we really break down the opportunities that this has given her, how she's seen this play out for other people. And one of the really cool things about being a virtual assistant is there's so many different layers and versions to it. So if you have a skill set in one area or another, you can hone in on those You can be taught by others on what to do. You can work with an agency so you don't even have to sell yourself or find your own clients. The opportunities for women to find, whether it's a couple hours a week or full-time work through this, is really cool. And I am super excited to share it as an opportunity with you guys. We have Sarah coming in as a pro resource to our Mama's Business Blueprint to help you in one of two ways. If you're a business owner and you're looking to bring a virtual assistant into your business, Sarah can help you do that and find one too. And a virtual assistant is typically the first hire for an online business owner. So if you're interested in online business or a portion of that, a virtual assistant can really take out some of the administrative day-to-day tasks that take a lot of our time to put more time into your bucket for strategy, family, yourself, whatever that is. And twofold, if you're interested in becoming a virtual assistant and you'd like to know what that would look like and potentially even graduate to an online business manager as Sarah has, Sarah can sit with you on this call and help you map out what creating that business would look like for yourself, how many hours you want to work, how you could find clients, what to work for. So this is such a great opportunity, something I'm so passionate about. I'm super excited to have Sarah be the resource to help you do it. 
So listen to this episode. If it sounds like something you want to be a part of, you know how to get on a call with her. Join us in the Mama's Business Blueprint. Can't wait to see you there, Mama. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you as one of our pro resources. I remember the first time we met and I was like, oh my gosh, she teaches other women how to have this amazing opportunity as a VA. And I'll never forget when I started this business, I would see people posting in Facebook groups of this online business world all the time. And they would use these letters all the time, VA, VA, VA. And I was like, what in the world is a VA? And then finally, I learned that it's a virtual assistant. And a whole new acronym came out of nowhere of an OBM. And I was like, what's an OBM? So I'm really excited to have you be a resource for these women and also dissect what this means and how cool of an opportunity it is for women to become one and for business owners to rely on one. So thanks for being here. Yeah, well, thanks, Kelsey. I'm excited. I'm excited for what we can talk about and everybody can learn a little something. Yeah. So bring us up to speed in how you learned about this opportunity and what it's done for your family. Yeah. So funny because when you mentioned seeing the letters of EA in a group, Facebook is actually how I first learned of this. It was back in 2008. I hadn't been on Facebook very long. And there was a, a group I was in and somebody mentioned the word virtual assistant. And I was really unhappy with my job at the time I was employed. And I was thinking about going into probation and parole, which is what I went to college for. And but when I saw virtual assistant, it just really piqued my curiosity. And so I asked the individual, can I ask you some questions? And so that's how it started yeah. is I just saw it in a group, asked some questions. And then I think the next month I got a magazine that had hiremymom.com. It's yeah. a website where I actually got my start. And so it was really just one thing after another led to it and got my first clients within a month to two. It was quick and somewhat easy for me at the time. <laughs> and so let's talk about what that's given you. So now how many years have you been a VA and now you're also an OBM, but how long have you been in this space and what has it provided for you as a mom and an individual? When I started doing VA work, I was employed. I was doing some work on the side. About a year after doing it is when I decided to quit my job yeah. because I know that's something a lot of, especially moms that are doing this, think about is I eventually want to quit my job. So that's what I did was quit my employee job to do it full-time. Not long after that, lost my big client. So that was a little bit of like, oh no, what am I going to do? But I was married. So my husband had an income and that did help a little bit with things at the time. Yeah. But after being a VA for, gosh, a year or two full-time, I was kind of getting bored and I found myself managing things in clients' businesses. And that's when I learned of an online business manager. And I went ahead and took the training for that and became certified. And then it took me about a year to make a transition. So I transitioned away from VA clients and found new clients because my VA clients just didn't need an OBM. That transition for me and with my family, I did have the luxury of, at the time, my husband helping with the kids so I could do stuff in the evenings or weekends. Like I said, had his income, so I didn't have all the financial pressure and I was able to do a, a gradual transition, which was great at the time. Yeah. But then about a year after doing OBM work full-time for about a year, I got divorced. And so that was another big transition with the business yeah. because then I found myself with my son and raising a stepdaughter and having a single income. And so that was a big shift to try to make that all work. And I just shared that so that anybody listening can understand that different phases of your life, things can happen, mm -hmm. but there's still ways to make it work. And for me, becoming an OBM was more about higher level skills. And it was just something I wanted to do. 
But a lot of people that become a virtual assistant, they stay that direction and then they might specialize. There's just so many possibilities. And being in either of those roles of VA or OBM allowed you to have the flexibility to get more clients or make up for when life happened. You were like, oh, wait, I now need to make more money. I need to figure out how to support myself. You already had the foundation built to be able to be like, okay, here's where I'm going to go. Let's Talk a little bit about what the differences between a VA and an OBM are. So there's so many different things you can focus on and how you can have a specialty. But overarching, overall, what are some of the tasks that classify as a virtual assistant or a VA and an OBM or an online business manager? Yeah, and this is a great question because I see online a lot of people use these terms interchangeably and they are different. The tasks with a virtual assistant are going to be more the doing things, Mm -hmm. creating a blog post, writing a newsletter or drafting it for somebody, doing the social media, maybe creating graphics in Canva. If you think of all the work it takes to get stuff done in a business, a VA can do most of those things. And then when you think of an online business manager, they're the one not so much doing the doing, but managing and planning and overseeing. Yeah. And another way to describe it would be most people need a VA, but not everybody needs an OBM. So if the if there's people listening that are interested, they're going to have more opportunities as a virtual assistant Yeah, because an online business manager helps a business once they're at a, a higher level in yeah. business. They really have more of the strategy and the integration and keeping the wheels on track where the VA is executing once they're on track, right? And maybe the OBM is creating the process that almost is then being given to the VA to do. Yes. Yeah, I've done that many, many times. And that is so helpful as a business owner. Once you get to a place, like you said, that you need both. But I know most business owners that are in the online space a virtual assistant is their first hire. That's like the first thing that they hire for. And talk a little bit about how a business owner or a VA, like from the VA perspective, you can work for multiple business owners, right? Like you can do a couple hours here, a couple hours there. And I think that's what's so attractive to so many moms that aren't sure they want full-time work. You can step into this and do three hours a week, or you can fill it up so you're full-time. So talk a little bit about that. And then also for the business owner, that you're so scared sometimes to like bring in an employee. And it's like, you can actually just hire someone for a couple hours a week. For the person out there that wants to work as a virtual assistant, I always suggest when trying to figure out like how many hours you're going to do and things like that, first, think about your lifestyle because we all have different situations. And so if there's, let's say a mom out there wanting to do a little part-time work, what does part-time work mean to that mom? Is it five hours? Is it 10 hours? Looking at their schedule and thinking, how much time do I really have? And sometimes you need to do a little math and calculate. That's what I did at first was calculate how much time do my kids take so that I wasn't stressing myself out by taking on too much. And so once you figure out either how much time you have or if it's a certain dollar amount, I've trained moms that they just want to make the house payment or they just want to pay for a vacation. And so they have a very set dollar amount in mind. And so those are the two ways I tell virtual assistants to start off with deciding how much they want to work is either by how much time they have or how much money they need to make. Because then that makes it easier to find the right clients. Because if you don't decide those things and you start working for someone that maybe they needed 20 hours a week, but if you don't have that availability, it can get really overwhelming. And I also see with new VAs, it can get discouraging because they start to feel like they've done something wrong maybe they're not good at it. And that's not the case. It's just that it's not a match with what they need and what the client needs. 
Yeah. And I don't want to put like numbers per se on this podcast because I know there's such a range in what you can make hourly, what your skill set is, your experience, what the job is that you're doing, all of that. But you can make more than you would make in a job anywhere else. And you have this flexibility of freedom, all of that. But something that I do know people get worried about is they're like, well, I hear people are hiring overseas help. I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what that true competition looks like and how you can really come in with a different skill set or a different set of experience. So that increase in hourly rate is like totally acceptable and fair and all of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because discussing money and rates has always been one of the biggest questions I get. And I'm very transparent about what I started out charging. I started out charging $10 an hour, which was way too low. Yeah. But honestly, what happened with me is I lived in a very small town and I had people wanting to hire me because like I said, I wasn't happy at my job for $12 an hour. So yeah. to me, I thought, oh, well, $10 an hour, like I didn't know what I was doing. So I tell people like, don't make the mistake of going too low. Yeah. And I also, there's online research will tell you like averages are 30, 50, maybe even 75 an hour. And that's pretty unrealistic yeah. for somebody starting out. So I just like to explain those things about rates so that it sets the expectation of, okay, when I'm starting out, I don't want to overcharge, but I can always increase my rates. Mm -hmm. And again, it's going to depend on somebody's situation. If they need to make a certain amount of money, then let's see how much time you have. What rate would you need to charge? Is that realistic? So I do suggest people start out between 20 and 25 an hour. That's just generally yeah. what I suggest. And as far as the overseas help, yes, it is more inexpensive. However, I have worked with at least 200 plus clients now. I've lost track of numbers, but a lot of clients and a lot of them have used overseas help at one point or another. And they still always have a virtual assistant within the United States at a higher rate, even if they have one overseas. Yeah. And what is going to set virtual assistants apart is one is just not having the huge time difference or the language barrier. If you're offering skills that have to do with writing, anything with grammar, clients are going to want somebody that English is their first language. And then the other thing that I would have never realized was an issue is there's a lot of internet issues in other countries. Mm -hmm. And I've had past clients that have purchased backup Wi-Fi for their international VAs because they get so many storms and so much damage. Yeah. And so in the United States, it typically tends to be, we don't have those issues yeah. with the weather like they do. So just that more consistency and dependability will set somebody apart. And then a lot of it is about communication. And I don't mean communication about being able to have a meeting. I mean a virtual assistant being able to communicate to the client if they have questions, if they don't understand the status of something, it's really about over-communicating. Yeah. And so part of it is a cultural difference with some VAs overseas. They want to try very hard to assist and make you happy. And they tend to not ask questions a lot of times mm -hmm. and speak up. And so it's just the communication within the cultures is very different. A virtual assistant here in the States, as long as they communicate well and don't start overcharging initially, it's not really going to be an issue with an overseas yeah. VA taking the work for them. or And I love how you said so often, too, it can be in addition to, not in replacement of. Like, I do know a lot of people that utilize support in multiple areas for different things. And again, going back to the flexibility of being able to do a couple hours here and there, where if you're doing community engagement or 
posting or writing materials and you're not working for the same client 40 hours a week per se, you can do that. Some people do that. But you also could have five clients where you're working like a handful of hours per week. I just think it's such an amazing opportunity for moms because there's so much flexibility. There's so much ability to dip your toes in a lot of things, which I think people love, like not feeling like they're stuck in the same role every single day doing the same thing for the same company. So I think it's so fun for moms to have the flexibility, the opportunity to be able to move things around while still being your own business owner. But we know there's those people out there that are like, I don't want to be a business owner, but I like this opportunity. So I'd love for you to talk about the other opportunities where you can either work under you or you do a couple different things. Let's start there. You help people become a VA that have no idea what that means or how to get started. Then you help the VA that's like, okay, I'm technically a VA, but I'm looking to do a little bit more And then you yourself are an online business manager. So talk a little bit about what the day in the life looks like for you and how you support other people. A day in the life of me, first of all, I'm pretty structured. I do this full-time. And when I say full-time, that does not mean 40 hours a week. It just means this is my full-time income so that I don't have another job. So like a day in my life, my son is a teenager. I thought when they got to be teenagers, like they'd be easier. He's a great kid. But man, I'm like a taxi driver now to all kinds of places. But it's getting up in the morning, making sure he's awake. And then once he's at school, I pretty much have a nine to five day as far as my working. But I time block. And so I make sure and have my lunch. Sometimes I go on walks. I might work out during the day. So there's that flexibility to do other things during the day. Because then I try to get most of my work done before school gets out. So that once I pick him up, is again, I'm running him around places. Yeah. And I just... I find it easier. Even when I had my stepdaughters and the kids were younger, after school, I would still, I do still work like a little bit. And then I pretty much, usually I'm done about by five and then make dinner and do the evening routine. So I would say it's similar to an employee job as far as the business hours, but yet it's incredibly flexible. I, if my son has an orthodontist appointment or whatever the appointment might be, then I I'm off for half that day. I go do what I need, or maybe I stop working early on Friday afternoons, take a Monday off if there's no school. So there's a lot of flexibility within that schedule, but I do like to keep the structured day just to make sure I'm getting done what I need to get done. Yeah. So much flexibility, so much opportunity, and you can really make it however you want for your life. So I feel like it's a little easier to comprehend for the person that hasn't got started. They're like, okay, you're going to help me get started. You would tell me what to do. But let's say someone's like, okay, I know someone's a VA or I am familiar with that route, but it hasn't worked out the way that I've expected it to. You've been doing this for 10 years. You've seen success. You've seen mistakes that people have made. How can you support that person? So there's a couple of ways, even if they're already a virtual assistant, they can take my virtual assistant training course. And the reason I say that is because one of the things that we do early on in the training is figure out what their boundaries are, what their schedule is, what they want their business to look like. Because most virtual assistants that are struggling or not getting clients, they've not put some structure and things in place initially. And so they've created a business without putting maybe some intention behind it of what they want it to look like. Yeah. So somebody that's already working as a virtual assistant would definitely benefit from that. They do learn some skills and things, but we also focus a lot on sales. And they may be thinking like, why is that important? But when you're working as a virtual assistant, you're essentially selling yourself to clients. You've yeah. got to 
convince them in your writing or speaking how they can benefit from you. And there are a lot of mistakes made. 90% of virtual assistants make the same mistakes that keeps them from landing clients. And so I teach that in my training. So that's one way is if they're just not getting clients, they're things are just chaotic and and a mess, not working how they want, they can do that. However, if it's the virtual assistant, they're like, you know what? I'm making consistent income. It's going well. However, I I need some processes in place. I want to take it to the next level and I'm just not sure what to do. That's when they can do mentoring with me. And so they still get access to that course in case there's something they want to reference. That's where we're working closely together for three months and they can ask questions specific to them and um, they can learn from me on how I built things. If they do want to go higher level into business management or something, we can talk about what that looks like. And talk a little bit about VA agencies, because someone's listening and they're like, I don't want to sell myself. I don't want to have to get clients. And that's the other thing that I think is so cool about the VA opportunity is you don't have to do that if you join a VA agency and there's so many. So what does that look like? There are quite a few virtual assistant agencies out there. And I know clients that have used a few of them and it's usually a a really great experience, but basically you go work with an agency and so they're finding the clients for you. You don't have to do all of that. And so that's something that are in the plans for my future to be able to do that. But the other part of an agency is there's sometimes virtual assistants that they don't have an agency, but they have more work than they can handle Mm -hmm. and they'll subcontract work. So that's very similar. So if those virtual assistants don't want to go market themselves and find clients, they can look for those agencies and those agencies will tell them what to do and manage a lot of the client side for them. Or they can reach out to other virtual assistants that might have more work than they can handle and subcontract. However, with agencies and subcontracting, a lot of times the rates are a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than if you were just getting the clients directly yourself. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair, right? Because you're not having to do that work. So it's like a trade-off. You don't have to do this work, but you're going to get paid a little bit less. And I think that just is what it is. It's the pros and cons of that. I just think it's such a good opportunity. I know I've said that so many times, but like becoming a virtual assistant is, I think, such an underutilized opportunity, especially for moms. And I wish that more people knew that the opportunity existed. So I'm so excited to have you a part of the mentorship program as a resource to help women that want to do this or take it to the next level, like you said. So for the woman listening, that's like, it sounds too good to be true, or I couldn't do it because of this. They're just not able to see themselves taking that next step. What would you tell that person? And maybe it's the version of you 10 years ago where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful I did this. The first thing I would tell them is they're overthinking it. And I know because I am great at overthinking things. I think when I got started, the reason I didn't overthink it is I was so unhappy with my job. I was Like, I cannot handle this. In fact, I was going to stay at my job six months longer. And I'm like, I'm just done. I'm done. And so I disliked my job so much that kept me from overthinking it. I was like, I'm just jumping in full time to this. So one is just don't overthink it. And then along with that is a lot of times we overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. Because when you're getting started, literally all you need to do is decide how many hours you want to work, what you're going to charge, and go try to find clients. You don't need a website. You don't need fancy photos. You don't need all the stuff. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see is that there's a lot of information online, which can be great. But those moms sometimes thinking about getting started as a virtual assistant think they need all these things in place. And you don't have to invest a lot of money. You don't have to do all of that. I even have a ton of free resources that I've had people get clients from that because they didn't have money to invest yet for training. And so they just use free information. So 
I would just say, don't overthink it. Don't make it difficult. Just think what's my next step and take that step and then do the next. So good. And I think that is like exactly what is in my brain with becoming a virtual assistant or being one is it's such a stackable opportunity in the sense you can start so small and take it as big as you want. Any skill set that you currently have, if you're listening to this podcast, you have enough of a skill set to get started. All you have to be able to do is the things that you're already doing in your day-to-day life of scrolling social media or commenting on something, writing an email, like you already have the skill set that you need. And there's so much opportunity for you to learn things once you're committed, whether it's utilizing artificial intelligence and AI or just Google or YouTube videos or people like you to help be like, hey, here's where you can niche down and be specific in what you offer. Anything else you want to leave with these women today about this amazing opportunity that blows my mind? Every time we talk about it, I just see so many women every day that are like, how can I spend more time with my kids and make money and do something that I don't have to go into a whole new industry that's going to be mentally overwhelming and how to absorb it. There's always a learning curve, right? But I think the learning curve with the virtual assistant business is so much smaller and more approachable than so many options. So I just think it's so amazing. But anything else you would leave with these women? What you just touched on about maybe women who think they don't have skills, everybody has a skill. And that's something because that's something that is very common that I hear. Yes, you literally have so many skills right now. And it's always best to start out general and broad. Don't think you need to get specific. And if somebody is thinking, man, Sarah's done this for 10 years and I've not even started. When I started, I was actually just doing it to make a little extra money. I wasn't planning on doing it full time. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I can't stay my job. I'll find something else. And then one thing turned into another. If there's that person listening that just wants to do a couple of hours, that's fine. Start there. And then it can totally grow into something much bigger than what you had originally planned or imagined. Yeah. And you just reminded me too that you started this alongside your job, right? So it's also a perfect opportunity of something you can do on top of what you're currently doing. So I think that's so good. Sarah, thank you so much. I can't wait for those that join the program to be able to get one-on-one time with you included in the program and just have you help them. Thanks so much for being here and sharing this. You're welcome. Glad I could be here. We absolutely love delivering free value to this community, and I cannot wait for you to see what is up next. Mark your calendars for September 26th because something incredible is coming your way. I'm so thrilled to announce a very special upcoming event designed to empower mompreneurs, current or aspiring like you possibly, to achieve lasting success. We're going to dive deep into how to build and sustain your business while creating meaningful income alongside your family. The three P's to profit workshop is all about thriving in both business and family life, and you won't want to miss it. Visit the link in the show notes to register now. Did I mention it's free? Go grab that link.